Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pod 2112, the official podcast of the 2112 Group, where we talk with the business executives and thought leaders about the technology, market issues, and route-to-market trends impacting the world around us. Of course, I'm your host, Larry Walsh. Distribution. It's the step in the route-to-market of which everyone has an opinion. Distribution is essential in the legacy channel. Distributors provide the inventory and, and support hardware and software vendors need to get their products to market. Distributors provided the technical and sales support to partners so they can be more efficient in servicing their customers and their vendors. Distributors extend vendor management coverage to administer relationships with score more partners than they could ever cover on their own. And distributors act as banks to which vendors recognize revenue faster and cash-strapped partners can acquire products through financing. While distributors have always provided valuable resources and support, many question the utility of distribution in the cloud and services era. If there's nothing to warehouse or ship as product is delivered via the cloud, what is there for distribution to do? Answering the question of distribution relevance and value is one of the things that the Global Technology Distribution Council focuses on. GTDC, as it's more commonly known, evangelizes the value of distributions to the vendor community and helps distributors find new ways of demonstrating their utility to all constituents in the channel. Recently, GTDC released its Distribution 2025 report in which it maps the evolution and the value of distribution over the next five years. And that's just one of the examples of what GTDC is up to under the leadership of our guest, Frank Flotagliano. Frank is one of the most well-known leaders in the channel, having worked his way up through the IBM channel ranks, served as channel chief at Juniper Networks and Dell, and even led, the, led a systems integrator. A little under a year ago, Frank took the helm of GTDC and has been revamping and revitalizing its mission and operations ever since. Frank joins us to dive deep into the future of distribution. And of course, with that, Frank, welcome to Pod 2112. Hi, Larry. Oh, thanks for uh, the opportunity to talk to you. I'm glad to be here today. Okay, Frank, glad to have you a part of the conversation. You know, as I, as I noted, you've been the, the CEO of GTDC for a little under a year, almost a year now. And, you know, over the course of your career, you've worked in, in numerous channel and vendor roles, you know, IBM, Juniper, and Dell. Uh, you've also led a systems integrator. And then you came to GTDC. What was the most surprising thing that you learned and didn't previously know about distribution before you took this role? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. Um, I think the most significant thing I learned, uh, and it was really surprising to me, was that uh, as a, I thought I knew distribution pretty well, uh, because as a vendor executive, I had worked with them for years, um, helping get product to market. And as part of that, you know, they did a lot of the, the typical things that most folks attribute to distribution with, you know, pick, pack, and ship, and pre, pre-sales, post-sales support, financing, et cetera. Um, so I thought I knew distribution really well. But when I became a uh, solution provider executive, I uh, was running a solution provider for a couple of years, um, I became a customer of distribution. And it really changed my perspective because I, I then realized how valuable uh, distributors are in actually helping me grow my business and run my business and drive my business. There's a number of services that are available to distribution that, you know, I probably was vaguely aware of, uh, but never really experienced them as a customer. 
and uh, it made a huge difference. And it um, and it's been a, a really good for me to have understood that uh, as a customer, as opposed to uh, just a go-to-market partner. So, Frank, just just for clarity, what was the name of the systems integrator you are the CEO of? It was uh, Computex uh, in uh, Houston. Uh, there were about a hundred and. $130, million, $140 million uh, player primarily focused on um, uh, enterprise, uh, you know, enterprise uh, business, uh, as well as uh, we had a, an MSP uh, offering uh, also that uh, was growing pretty rapidly. Yeah. Now, at that, at that scale, though, I mean, that's a, in, in terms of channel uh, partners, that's a rather large organization. It's a, among a couple of hundred of that that level of revenue. It's also not something that that people think of as actually needing distribution, uh, or at least a supportive distribution. Could you have gone to market? Could you maintain your operations as that systems integrator without a distribute without relationship with distributors? Oh God, no! Um, not even close. I mean, the well, I mean, first of all, the 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 obvious things. Uh, were absolutely needed. The the traditional, you know, what I would call the traditional distributor support, you know, as it related to uh, product, you know, getting product to market, um, uh, and that, you know, was pretty basic stuff. And and distribution's been doing that for a number of years. But the things that that really uh, were eye opening to me were in areas like, for example. Uh, our, our MSP business, um, the distributors that we were using, there were two in particular, and I, I won't name them only, only because it would be, you know, sort of inappropriate to make a commercial for one versus another. Um, but what I would tell you is that the distributors that we were using uh, offered me uh, some unique financing. And that unique financing was really important because I had a, a large volume of longer term, uh, you know, contracts, uh, the anywhere from 12 to 36 months. And in, in this, uh, era of the emerging technology that we're seeing, um, many solution providers out there have to figure out how they can make investments to just to keep up, just to make, just to stay relevant. And whether it's an investment in, IOT or and its investment in cloud or certainly security or or anything, um, it becomes it becomes rather expensive because that investment usually involves having to go hire incremental resources, you know, solution architects, those kind type of folks. And what I was able to do is I was able to uh, develop a creative financing uh, program with my uh, distributor, uh, where I was able to use some of my longer term contracts to get some funding. And make an investment that I probably couldn't make uh, if I if I didn't have you know that kind of funding, um, and and I thought that was a pretty creative way uh, of helping me grow my business, and um, and it proved to be pretty pretty valuable and uh, pretty important to what we were doing. So let's let's turn this back a bit though. Is that prior to having that experience, did did you have that level of appreciation for what distribution does for partners and would it have changed your mind as a channel chief? Um, well, you know, I, I didn't have it specifically. No. And, and 
it, it, you know, it probably wouldn't have changed mine only because I was one of the, the big advocates of distribution throughout my career as a channel chief. So, you, you know, you, you got to remember, you know, I started out kind of in the early days of the IBM PC space um, and then evolved through, uh, you know, did that for a long time then went into Juniper and, and kind of learned the networking space a little bit and then, and then moved over to Dell. And throughout that period, certainly the IBM period, back in the uh, you know 80s, we're talking, um, it, it really was what I think was sort of the the beginning of uh, the basic distribution capabilities. In fact, we talk a lot about that in our distribution 2025 report, which I'm, I'm sure you and I will talk a little bit more about. But it was kind of what, what we call, you know, phase one of that, uh, of that era and, uh, you know, the components in the systems era. And so I knew what distribution could do and was a huge supporter, um, you know, in the early days of distribution because I knew that as a vendor, we couldn't get our, market to, uh, our products to market as efficiently uh, as, as I could in partnering with distribution. And then, and then when I moved on to uh, the networking space with Juniper, uh, you know, it was it was as significant. But what what we started to see then was sort of the next era uh, of of, um, of of what I call the solutions era, where we required a lot more support from distribution in terms of uh, pre-sale, uh, post-sale. Uh, building solutions, particularly in the data center, where where you know solutions got built uh, for us by distribution, um, and so I knew all of that, and I was a big supporter of it, and 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 I thought, you know, as as a vendor executive, I was as engaged and as involved and as aware as any uh, vendor executive out there as to what Disney could do. And uh, and was a huge supporter, so yeah, it was a little surprising to me when I you know joined uh, Computex and started using uh, some ad additional different services that uh, uh, how significant they were. So it, it, it was a uh, it was an eye opening experience. Yeah, so you know, Frank, you you're the one who brought it up that you know going going back to the the PC the beginning of the PC era back in the eighties and distribution there. I don't mean to go that far back in time, but it seems as though there is a, a bit of a schism about what distribution is or what it was and what it is and could be today. Um, you and I've had this conversation, you know, you've, there's been numerous conversations that we have with, with vendors, large and small and established about that often come back to questioning the necessity of distribution, their go-to-market strategies and motions. What do you, how do you describe the value to your vendor constituents? How do you say, you know, say to them that there is, there is value in what distribution did, what it's doing today and what it will continue to do going forward? Yeah. I, well, I mean, look, you know, you, you know, Larry, you, you, um, you and, and many, many of your colleagues, probably have talked about at some point uh, the, the, the demise 
or the disintermediation uh, that distribution was was going to go through. And and honestly, it it was, you know, during during those periods of time, it was a legitimate conversation. You wouldn't be doing your job if you didn't question that. Um, but what has happened, and now you know, kind of history um, uh, is is sort of the best indicator that we have is that never happened. So during all these periods when Disney was supposedly not going to be able to morph their business and not be able to provide the incremental services and support that were required in the marketplace to help people get product to market, um, um, it, 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 it never happened. And instead what's happened is Disney has continued to make the investments, morph their business, and remain valuable. And if they weren't, people wouldn't use them. It's as simple as that. And um, and I, I think as I look back at it, um, I can certainly understand during these periods, and I think we're in another one, where people would look at and say, geez, I, well, I wonder where the value is. I wonder, um, you know, what services I could possibly need that I can't get um, you know, in another way. Uh, and and it, what's been happening and will continue to happen, in my opinion, is that as technology continues to evolve, which it will, um, we, there's no debate on that, um, what we will continue to realize is that we need people in the industry, folks that have built up a set of core competencies that start with some very foundational items and then are able to morph them in order to meet the needs of their customers. And so if you're a small solution provider and you're trying to grow your business and you're looking around for who can I partner with, who can help me do the things that I need to get done, um, it, it, a natural answer is the distributors that I've been working with. You know, every vendor in the marketplace uh, and I know because I've been part of three very good ones, um, have outstanding products, have outstanding services, um, but they do not, none of them have the capability to really help a solution provider go to market. That isn't their job. That, that's not what they do. And, 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 and many have tried and many will continue to have a, you know, direct to customer or a direct to VAR model. And that's okay, because a hybrid model will continue to exist in the market. But the services and support uh, that distribution provides, and I won't go through them because, you know, they tend to make your eyes glaze over, <laughs> but they're real, um, are, will continue to, I think, be really valuable in the marketplace going forward. Yeah, and I, look, I appreciate you not, uh, not listing those things because, you know, when it comes to helping people sleep, that's the reason why we make this podcast. So thanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, the but it's interesting because you're you're making a good case here frank and and i and i agree with you i mean i'm a i'm a big fan of the role distribution plays however i i i do somehow un, somewhat understand the criticism distributors get because what again i i hear from vendors who say that distributors are always trying to sell them on programs that they may or may not, or they don't think that they need, why can't they just stick to pick, pack, and ship? 
And to the vendor's defense is that there's, there's very little difference now between what we used to call broadline and specialty or value-add distributors today. They're all providing some level of, of, of value-add services, both to the vendors and to the distributors. What do the distributors have to do differently to get that value proposition across? And you know, obviously, I'm asking that question because that's part of your role at GTDC, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Totally, it is. And, and you know, so you're not going to find me necessarily, you know, being overtly critical of what a distributor doesn't do or won't do. But what I certainly will do is I will note areas that, you know, need focus, need investment, need um, uh, distributors to pay attention to. But I'll tell you what I think it boils down to, Larry, and I think it becomes really simple. The one thing that distribution has done extraordinarily well over the years is they've listened to their customers. And, and there's been no confusion over who their customers are. You, you do not see distributors waver over that. You certainly don't see the good ones waver over it. Their customers are those solution providers that are out there in the marketplace. Now, while they have you know, when we're talking about, you know, in some cases, $50 billion businesses from a solution, uh, from a distributor standpoint to, you know, much smaller specialty niche distributors and everything in between. But at the end of the day, they focus on the needs of their customers. And I believe that's what's enabled them to make the transition. And so as their customers have, have, have asked for a variety of different services They've been able to make those investments. Some would argue not fast enough, and some would argue that, um, you know, as they've made the transitions, to your point, maybe they tried to sell me something I, I didn't need as much or something that wasn't as valuable or et, et, et cetera. Um, and that's all part of, you know, growing a business and, and, and running a business. But at the end of the day, the thing that I think that's made them valuable and will continue to is they've listened to what those solution providers have said, this is what I need, this is the service you need to provide to me, um, and they've reacted to that and made the investments, um, and as a result, have remained valuable. And to your point, the, the whole term value, you, you know, for years there was a, uh, you know, a lot of discussion between a value distributor and a volume distributor and et cetera, et cetera, and everything in between. And, and I always took the position that, that they were all valuable <laughs> depending on the service they were providing to their customer. And yes, while some of them did uh, much more uh, in what we would call the value chain in terms of providing, you know, incremental services, they might provide, you know, ver services from a vertical um, uh, marketplace support, uh, et cetera. Um, it, it, it was value based on, what their customers felt and needed. And that's what distribution, I think, has done really well over the years. Yeah, well, it, the market is evolving. Distributors are evolving. Um, and there's still a bit of fog surrounding the distribution layer uh, in the go-to-market, particularly when it comes to things <laughs> like, like cloud and services. You did the Distribution 2025 study, released it this, uh, this past fall. Uh, you know, what do you see 
how do you see distribution evolving over the next five years and what are your members doing to evolve to a future state? Well, I see the, um, I see the, the obvious areas of investment happening. So I absolutely see, you know, uh, significant investment in the whole cloud uh, marketplace uh, area. Um, I don't think there's any question that that has to continue to evolve. Um, and, and I think distribution could clearly do a better job as they move forward, um, being able to articulate uh, the value that they are providing, you know, in that space. And, uh, and I think in some cases, uh, distribution, in my opinion, uh, has the services they've provided over the years in some cases have, have been um, taken for granted a bit. And, and I think what's starting to happen a little bit in the cloud space is there are capabilities that have built up that have not been articulated as well as they could be, should be. And, and I think that will continue to evolve because I, I believe the investments are there and now it's really a function of, you know, being able to make sure people understand where the investments have been made, what the capabilities are, and then how to harness those and have them become really effective, uh, you know, for their customers. Um, but so, but, so that's a huge area that will continue. I think another area that we're going to see a lot of focus on is in the whole area of services, uh, and, and what I mean by that is there's a level of services that distribution uh, will be and can be providing that go far beyond, you know, the basics, pick, pack, ship, and finance. Um, technical support. For years, it's been, you know, kind of taken for granted, the technical support that, that distribution provides. But I'll, I'll give you an example of, of an area where that can be expanded. I mentioned earlier that when I was a, a solution provider executive, one of the things I worried about was how was I going to make investments in the emerging technology space? And how could I build a practice? Because every one of my customers was asking me to help them in areas that I really wasn't, you know, ready to, to help them in and hadn't made appropriate investments, whether it was cloud, whether it was IoT, uh, DevOps, uh, and, and obviously security. And because they were longstanding customers, there was no way I was going to not attempt to help them. But in many cases, what I would do is I would turn to distribution and I would get support, whether it was in the form of technical support, uh, whether it was in the form of you know, trained resources that I could, that I could utilize um, or expertise and training in a certain area where I could you know, send my folks to get trained um, that, that level of, that's a service and that level of service, I think is going to be absolutely critical moving forward because the requirements to make that level of investment for any solution provider, even one that was reasonably good sized is extraordinarily expensive and extraordinarily risky. So if you can use a, a trusted partner to help you do that to help you begin to uh, get into a new practice, but not have to go and bet your business by you know hiring you know six people 
and making a lot of significant investment, um, it's a really effective way to leverage the relationship that you have and then get yourself um, trained and enabled and then be able to, to start um, a, getting a return on that investment. Because typically the return on the investment in a lot of these emerging technology spaces is 18 to 24 months uh, by the time you can monetize it. And that's a big bet for somebody to be making, um, particularly in multiple areas. So that's an area that I think distribution's going to um, really play a big role in as we go forward. And, and many of them today are in, this, in that space where they're helping their, their customers do that. Yeah. Frank, you know, I, last question for you is, you know, is that GTDC's mission is to drive awareness of the value of distribution to vendors, solution providers, and in, industry influencers. What's on your agenda for the rest of this year? 2020 is a big year for you. So how do you see this playing out for you and your organization? Yeah, that. thank you. That's a, that's a really important question. Well, I think, you know, I think as you've, um, as we've talked, one of the things that becomes really obvious is we have to keep telling the story, uh, you know, and we have to keep telling uh, folks and making sure people understand what distributors are doing, why they're doing it, and how that can help them. And so in, in our role at GTDC, we, our major focus is, 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 is to tell the marketplace and, and educate the marketplace on the value that our member distributors are driving. And, and I think um, we can do a better job of that. And one of the things that we're going to do and we've started to do is start to provide, you know, some, some really good content into the marketplace. And so, for example, the distribution 2025 study um, I viewed that as really important to be able to set the foundation for where distribution was, the journey it had taken, and where it's going in terms of the future and, and what needs to be done. And as you, as you get into that and, and look through it, you begin to realize that there's a lot of room for us to continue to educate the marketplace on the value that distribution is providing. So we're going to do that. So we will have um, a lot of content coming out through the year. We'll have white papers. We'll have some thought leadership things that come out. Uh, I personally am spending a lot of time uh, with folks like you talking about what we're doing, uh, listening to folks, you know, who may not be convinced and then hearing that side of the argument and then, and then using that as an opportunity to go and, and, and be able to uh, articulate what needs to be done. So it's all about um, being able to articulate that value and help folks understand how distribution can help them uh, as they grow their business, uh, both what we call upstream and downstream. So upstream from a vendor standpoint and why it's important for a vendor to uh, work with distribution to get products to market and downstream from a customer standpoint uh, as it relates to you know, who to go to to uh, to become a uh, you know to get the value and the support that's needed. So that's that's on our agenda for the year. We're well on the way, and uh, and I really appreciate the opportunity to, to talk to you and and uh, work with twenty one twelve as the year goes on. 
Fantastic. Frank, thanks for joining us. It's been great having you on. It's always good to talk about uh, the value distribution with you. Thanks, Larry. Anytime. That's all the time we have for this edition of Pod 2112. I want to thank our guests, Frank Fatigliano, CEO of the Global Technology Distribution Council, for joining us. And I want to thank all of you for joining us on Pod 2112, a production of the 2112 Group. 2112 is the leading provider of research, strategy development, and enablement services for B2B technology and manufacturing companies around the world. For more information about how, about how 2112 can help your business, visit our website at the2112group.com. Also, check out Channelnomics, 2112's news and analyst site that provides the best insights into business practices and market trends. And if you haven't done so, please subscribe to Pod 2112. You don't want to miss a single conversation with the executives and thought leaders shaping the world around us. You can subscribe to Pod 2112 on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. It's easy to subscribe, so do so today. Thanks again for listening to Pod 2112. Until next time, I'm your host, Larry Walsh.